And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. You hear a lot of talk and conversation about your mindset, having a positive mindset, having a productive mindset, but how about having an exponential mindset? That's what I'm going to get in today with today's guests. And, you know, I'm not going to mess around uh, and, and just tell you that today's episode, Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. That's my company. If you want to learn more about how we can help you make your tech dreams come true, go to Fullscale.io. With me today, I've got Aaron Bear, and that's B-A-R-E. You can learn more about Aaron at AaronBear.com. Don't even worry about spelling it. There's a link in the show notes. Aaron is the author of the book, Exponential Theory, and we are going to talk all about that straight out of Phoenix, Arizona, where I'm positive it's warmer than Kansas City is today. Aaron, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I like to start my conversations with, a, with you letting us know a little bit about your backstory. So why don't we just dive right in there? Yeah. So, well, Matt, I've been an entrepreneur. I, I started my career at Accenture Anderson Consulting. That tells you how old it was. That was two, before before the millennium. I started at Accenture. Um, it was Like I said, it was Anderson Consulting. Uh, but since then, I've been an entrepreneur and uh, started uh, a dozen companies and sold them. Probably started, uh, failed at more than a dozen companies uh, along the way and uh, ended up uh, launching three different companies. Uh, incubator accelerators, and I've actually launched three different sustainable nonprofits. So I've been been busy creating things. I'm, uh, I always like to say I, I, I like to create and sell stuff. And, you know, the entrepreneurial platform really helps me do that. And, you know, the name of your podcast here is basically the life and world I've been in. And uh, finally, as I started kind of creating uh, businesses that got larger and larger, I started creating this formula around exponential. And then I got really involved with, um, as entrepreneur residents at, um, Arizona state university, Thunderbird, uh, and singularity university, which really got me, uh, entrenched in exponential and thinking about companies that actually impact a billion people, which is a different mindset than the average uh, entrepreneur out there, uh, starting, but it's a, a great mindset to adapt and, uh, really, uh, launch into a company because you think differently, you think bigger, and uh, candidly, you'll grow much, much bigger. Um, and, you know, I, I'll share quite a few different stories about uh, Elon Musk and different people that uh, really launched their companies with this exponential mindset and, and something really to learn from um, as we, we kind of move into this exponential technologies that are really taking over every different industry. Uh, we see a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurs to uh, fill some of the voids and spaces there with some exponential thinking. So. 
Yeah. And, and once again, I'm looking forward to the chat. Uh, you know, the book just came out on March 22nd. Congratulations. Um, as a, as a former and possibly future author, um, I people always ask what's the best part about writing a book. And I say, finishing it. So congratulations. Cause it's, uh, it really is a labor of love on many days. Now, you know, I, I, am fascinated with this topic. As I mentioned before we started recording, um, I, you know, I wrote a book called balance me, which is the realist guide to successful life, which is a little bit of a formula for it's funny cause it's not a life balance book. It actually says that life balance is kind of a myth. Um, it's something you have for very brief amounts of time. It's never really a permanent thing. Overall people don't like change. And, uh, you know, so with that I've been studying human performance. Now, when you say, when we, can you define like, what is the, when you look at exponential theory, like what's the, what's the main thesis statement or, you know, how do you define that? Uh, just, you know, from a top level. Yeah. Exponential theory is, is, is really the, it's taking the power of thinking big and, and really from that you become a much more conscious entrepreneur because when you think about more than just a small customer base, when you start thinking about the masses or, or people, you're going to see a rise in consciousness. And, um, I, in this book, I kind of interweave a lot of these stories of these companies that are leading the way, you know, and even talking about BlackRock and some of their commitments to, uh, sustainability, uh, as well as longer term. So when you start thinking bigger, um, you definitely have bigger challenges, but candidly, you don't sweat the small stuff and all that stuff falls away. So in these entrepreneurs, you know, a, uh, an example I kind of launched the book with is uh, Bill Gates, uh, who launched Microsoft. And in 1976, he made a statement in the world when at the time there were barely any computers on the desktops of workplaces. He said there will be a computer in every home in 25 years. Well, he underestimated because now there's a computer, you know, literally in every pocket. <laughs> so the exponential thinking of putting a goal out there that seems so uh, ridiculous um, basically encapsulated an industry that Microsoft kind of led the way to that. Uh, the same thing has now happened. You know, Elon Musk is one of the probably greatest exponential thinkers of our time, you know, puts these extraordinarily big goals out there. Like, Hey, we're, we're going to go to Mars. <laughs> you know, we're literally going to go to Mars by 2040 and similar type goal, what Bill Gates did, you know, as far as what people believed was even possible. But now you get the other big thinkers that are like, well, I want to help do that. You know, if I'm going to do something big and we all want to be part of something bigger. So if you establish a massive transformative purpose, um, which is really a, a nomenclature that's created in the book, Exponential Organizations by Salim Ishmael, um, which was a, a co really a co, I guess he was the president of Singular University when I was there. Um, you know, basically these massive transformative purpose allows you to get these people that are really wanting to make big change and you find yourself attracting the right talent, which we're in the biggest talent war ever, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a big company, um, you know, talent does win the war. And in that, you know, when you say you're going to go to Mars, there's a lot of different goals between here and there. And the beauty is, is people can find themselves to say, I want to be part of that. And that's what we're seeing in these companies are growing. Same with Tesla, you know, Hey, we're going to, we're going to build the best battery. It doesn't want, we weren't going to build the best company, the best car company. It ends up being one of the leading car companies because they built the best battery, which was the technology that really was the exponential technology to take it to the next level. So there's a, 
uh, a whole slew of stories, you know, in the book Exponential Theory that really, you know, talks about how when you start thinking bigger, that you create bigger opportunities for yourself. And that goes to even raising venture capital. I'm sure you've had many different venture capital people on or people that raise money. I've, I've raised over $100 million. It's much easier to ask for a much bigger number because it takes just as much due diligence to get a bigger number as it does to get a smaller number. So if you're out there talking to the right people, having a much bigger scalable plan, a much more exponential idea, everyone wants to see the hockey curve, which is really what exponential is. It's that that curve that goes up um, and you know once you hit the knee in the curve and it starts growing exponentially, it's where every company wants to be. Um, it takes a long period of time to, to really get there for a lot of different companies. Even Facebook took, you know, several more years than people think to actually get to a deceptively, you know, where it actually scaled. And then within a couple of years, it literally was global. Um, but all these stories are kind of culminated into what I'd say is an expertise where I help go into companies to really think bigger, to actually strategize on how they could actually take their company to the next level by literally just creating bigger and bigger goals and expanding the mindset, which is all part of the growth mindset, which is kind of anchored within that. But it's also anchored in not thinking linearly because people still think linearly, meaning if I had 10% growth every year, that sounds great. That's not exponential. If you all of a sudden you have 10x growth, now you are literally changing the way you're operating, you're changing the way growth. And to your point about people not liking change, you know, change is the only constant. But in my book, you know, we really prove out that change isn't constant. It's the it's actually accelerating. So when it's accelerating, if you're going to keep up, you can't constantly just change with the you know, minimum status quo. You know, you really have to accelerate your change by thinking even bigger than you've ever thought before. This is very much in line with, you know, recently I've been spending a lot of time studying genius. And first off, the people confuse genius and talent. Uh, and then also, they I, I've come to the realization that people get it wrong. They think that geniuses are born, not made. Um, and, you know, we all do genius things and have opportunities to do it. Now, with that, I mentioned talent and genius being often confused. Talent is being able to hit the target everybody can see. Genius is hitting the target no one even knew existed. And you mentioned multiple people, you look at like Bill Gates. So first off, you mentioned 1976, I was one year old. Um, computers weren't anywhere. Like, I mean, you look at like that lofty goal, like that was a target that no one would, I mean, people, maybe it's, there might've been a people that saw it or knew it existed, but you know, you have to, I mean, the thing I've really come to realize is that if anybody that does quote genius things is a big exponential thinker. And with that, you, in order to climb up to where you want to be, uh, you know, like you mentioned the 10% growth, people do think it's stepping, but it's not because it gets exponentially harder at every level. And I'm going through this a little bit at full scale. So, you know, we're not even four years old and I'm coming up on my 250th employee and it is a completely different game now getting to double that than it was to get from 125 to 250. And then some of that even involves making tough decisions, realizing that some of the people that might've helped you get to that point or aren't the next level people and how to figure that out. So when you're looking at, you know, so much about entrepreneurship is a journey into the unknown. So, you know, how do you think that's, that's what I'm curious about is when something is unknown. All right. So if we know we've got eight and eight, we can use that as an exponent and, and, and create a sum 
in a plan of getting to 64 and all that, but how do you create an exponential mind or mindset when it comes to journeying into something? I mean, these are all variables that are unknown at that point. So how do you solve for them? Yeah. I mean, I, I think in your, your own example at full scale, you know, it's, it's, you're reaching that point that as I've worked with a, a lot of startups that some have been backed by venture, some that venture capital, some that haven't. Um, but when you get to a certain point, um, money solves some of the problems, but your organization is probably one of your biggest problems. So if you don't change your leadership team, if you don't change some of your members that are really, and, and that's where expanding the mindset and the, the vision of that company. And I talk about this in the book is really that, you know, uh, you know, VUCA, which, you know, is volatility, uncertainty, you know, chaos and, and ambiguity, um, that there's a new VUCA and this wasn't defined by me, but, you know, how do you create a vision, you know, and then create understanding, clarity and agility and a team to create agility. That vision needs to be a massive transformative purpose, um, something much bigger than your company is. And then really the leadership needs to expand that. Otherwise, there is a place where you plateau and most companies plateau. I had a digital strategy firm, um, candidly, that it was a one, I'll just say it was me selling the business and managing a lot of the clients. And we had a, a few other, we always attempted to grow and we we would hit this $3 million mark where we'd have 30 clients and we would just, you know, it loop back around as it was just always filtering out and we'd always be right there. Um, that's when I started thinking about this. How do people just scale through that? And, you know, I figured, you know, what I was best at is when I'd come into other companies and help them. But my own company, I actually wasn't the right guy to drive it beyond that number. I'm not the number one. I'm literally the number two or the consultant that comes in that helps. And I, you know, I think that's the realization of some entrepreneurs is there's a lot of great engineers and inventors and, you know, technologists that have, you know, created great technology, but they're not necessarily the person to really grow and scale that. And, and candidly, Mark Zuckerberg is one of the only few people that really created a company and stayed with it the whole way, you know, to be one of these exponential companies. Uh, most of them had other people that were really running the operation, which he does as well. So it's, you know, in a way, he's kind of put himself in a position that he gets credit for a lot there. But he has, you know, uh, uh, Sandberg there and some other people. But, you know, the point is, is like, how do you expand that where you continually upgrade? You know, it's just like a computer can only grow so much. And if we would have used computers from 19, you know, my first computer was, uh, you know, an Apple Mac um, two, which I wish I would have kept because it's worth like 10 or $20,000 now. Um, but is it, it like really? A, huh? Is it What's really? That? It really I, is. I might have to go dig for my parents' old IBM PC junior then. There, there, I don't know what's valuable out there that's <laughs> old, but there's some valuable stuff that's old. But this thing had a, a literally 54 megabyte hard drive on it, right? I mean, so it, it you know, that's less than, you know, some emails I, you know, exchange now yeah. if I use like a, a we transfer. But the point is, is that exponentially is that you have to upgrade your hardware. You have to upgrade your company. You have to expand that. And that goes to the mindset. What took you to get from zero to 250 in four years, which is an amazing feat, by the way, is, you know, in the next four years to do that is going to take a whole different set of skills. And that's why you often see this kind of handoff of different leadership roles changing as as you grow. And that's um, even the case in a lot of these that maybe people look like fig figureheads, you know, Bill Gates, little early on brought Steve Ballmer in, you know, Sandra, um, 
Sam Berg came in for Facebook, you know, all those, they may have been leaders that looked like they stayed in that position, but they literally surrounded themselves with people that had operationalized at that level. So it's, it's a constant, you know, at the end of the day, it is, a, you're in different periods of times and exponential growth doesn't seem as possible, but I actually consult with companies like, you know, Diamond, Mercedes Benz, which, you know, literally some of their investments are like, how do we create, how do we disrupt ourselves? Because we know we're being disrupted, which is important for very big companies and honestly, very proactive thinking when you're, when you're looking at the future saying, you know, there's all these impending, impeding industries kind of colliding that all of a sudden the automotive industry isn't automotive, it's transportation because now Uber and, you know, all these other Van Gogh and all these other type of companies are literally invading the space and urban people that were their buyers are now saying, I don't ever really aspire to have a car. I'll just, you know, there's no, and there's not, there's nowhere to drive that car, you know? So around the world, the youth is also as, you know, there's been this percentage increase of people not wanting to drive all these exponential things that are changing because our habits and taste and things are changing is why companies have to continually to pivot, think exponential, um, and really think about what is their next big thing for them to survive. And that's why, you know, the S and P 500, you know, in the, about 30 years ago, you know, the average age was about 67 years on that. Today, it's down to 15. Uh, that change just shows you that how much companies change is how fast, one, they're acquired very easily. It's consolidating. Uh, but number two, you know, they're literally pushed off because other technologies or other companies come in to that space. So having a, a dominant company for, for any amount of time is a, is a tough thing. And even Jeff Bezos in my book, I talk about it as he even claims that, you know, it's unlikely that Amazon will reign for a very long time. It's, you know, it's with certainty that something, some better technology or something will come along. Um, with that said, you know, he's, he's writing, he's writing that wave right now. And, and true. I think, I think he'll be all right either way. Yeah. He'll be all right either way. Yeah. He's, you he's, know, one, he's one, in good shape. He's on to his rocket one, company anyways, just like yeah. all the other billionaires. So note, note to self for listeners, if you ever, if your company ever finds a way to launch you into space, don't land and then tell all of the employees that can't afford to go to space. Thank you. You all did this. Not a good move. Um, so uh, there's a couple of things you said here that I think are, are important for listeners to, to key in on. So you mentioned, you know, you're talking about upgrading your hardware um, and, 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 you know, like I look, we looked at full scale as an example. Like my goal isn't to be another three and a half years and then we're at 500 people. I'm preparing to have a thousand employees in 18 months, which is exponential. It's getting there. And one of the things that I've been talking about recently in our meetings, so I've got the tricky task of dealing with people in the United States. And then I've got hundreds of employees in the Philippines. So, you know, I've got two different cultures to, to, to deal with, but something I've really said is that, we have to be honest and honest with ourselves. Uh, we can't tell ourselves as leaders, managers, and employees of the company that we are capable, willing, or able to do things that we suck at, like cer certain things. Like there are just some jobs that I'm never going to be good at because I'm not passionate about it. I'm, I don't have the skill set or the experience. And if you continue to um, if you continue to tell yourself and, uh, and listen to, you know, you can't, it, believing the lie doesn't make it true. 
And, you know, you mentioned upgrading your hardware and then we talked about a 54 megabyte thing. Hey, that's only going to process so much data and info. You can't just, you can't just will your way in. Oh, I, I really believe that that original Mac has the ability to be faster. It doesn't. And, and it is what it is. And then, you know, part of the things I think with the exponential growth and the change is you have to make X, you have to be exponentially agile and reactive to certain things. And at the same time, be proactive about other things, which is always the entrepreneur's dilemma, you know, the chicken and egg problem. And that's, you know, you look at, at some companies, you so the problem for entrepreneurs with exponential growth is you got to be planning for what comes out at after the exponent is figured. And that means that you got to kind of be a riverboat gambler on some days and take some chances here, take some chances there. And then you're hoping shit works out, which it doesn't always. And, you know, with that, you know, that I'm known to say, I, there's only one promise that I ever make in life and that's that things will change. So you need to prepare for that. I think the kiss of death that you hear people say right before their business fails is, is things like uh, things were just like they used to be. Yeah. They never, they're never going to be. So yeah. I, uh, looking forward good, to this. Well, yeah, I think well, that's a good it, point, it, Matt. It's, um, yeah. you know, I think the biggest thing that I see when I go into companies that, that they're unable to, to reach an exponential mindset or unable to handle <laughs> that kind of change or speed is this decision-making, you know, people at a certain level get paralyzed about decisions and candidly, you have to make decisions faster. And uh, there's a quote in my my book, and not good at pulling quotes out of my book, but Larry Page says, uh, "There are no companies that are there are no companies that are great that aren't great at making fast decisions." And the reality is, if we are in a war of speed, and the ability to make decisions means you have to be willing to make mistakes. And I, I've adopted this whole methodology in the companies that I'm involved in is, is really you win or learn. You don't ever fail. You know, at the end of the day is you have to declare those, those winnings and like celebrate those like beyond belief when you actually get it right. Uh, but you have to learn otherwise. And the faster you do that, and that's really what in the book, I really kind of cover how some of these companies and how Amazon honestly can, you know, reign dominance and Facebook because Amazon has 10,000 experimental teams working on different projects, some of them working on the same exact project to actually make them exponential or take them to the ex- the future. Um, the second thing is Facebook. At any one time could have 30,000 versions of their software looking to optimize it, you know, at the one time. So all of a sudden that experimentation, you know, there's Malcolm Gladwell created the 10,000 hours and actually Michael Simmons, the productivity guy said, 10,000 experiments is probably better. You know, the faster you can experiment, the faster you can get there. And part of being exponential is, is really making those mistakes and learning from them fast and making sure everyone learns from them so that you can obviously then think bigger and bigger and bigger, because the more mistakes you learn and the more confidence you give, you know, like Amazon an example is, I don't know if you remember the Amazon fire phone. I was maybe, Maybe, maybe. So Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Is it, is it, it's in, it's in stock right next to the Microsoft Zune player, probably. Yeah. yeah and the Google glasses and a few others, right. but um, they spent $300 million on that. And, you know, instead of firing the team that created that because it failed miserably as one of Amazon's biggest failure, they went on to create Alexa. So that most of that team. So all of a sudden, because that team learned so much, they were able to take what they learned in building a phone and said, 
let's build this thing that nobody knew they needed to have. And then, you know, and said, let's invite it into our house so that we can talk to it and tell our to-do list and it listens to us all day. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a strange thing that uh, people have adopted all these different technologies um, so easily, but you know, the, the need for it wasn't really known. And I think that's, you know, Steve jobs in the book, I talk a lot about him uh, just really understanding how to launch disruption because his timing was always good when he launched things. Uh, and he actually held some of his technology back to launch them at the right time. And I think that's all part of, you know, experimenting to figure that out. And some of these really exponential companies are very patient, have a longer term strategy than some companies, you know, that are, that are just thinking about the next quarter or the next 18 months, you know, you know, I would challenge you, Matt, is the full scale, what does full scale look like in 10 years? Can you, can you, can you have a conversation around that? Like with your team, with your leadership team, would, would you all agree that that's what you want to create? Because once you have that group of people agreeing then all your decisions become easy, then your true North is easy. And that's, part of really taking a leadership group and saying like, Hey, let's, let's think bigger on this because candidly, you know, the one thing that's different is Elon Musk, but to go out and, you know, 2040, <laughs> there's not many other companies that are thinking out in 2040, you know, Bill Gates put one out 40 years, you know, and said, Hey, in 40 years, this is going to happen. Um, you know, I think it's, how do you think longer term? Because I think importantly, it, you know, another quote out of my book is Bill Gates says uh, something to the tune is, a lot of people overestimate what they can do in one year, but underestimate what they can do in 10. And I think that's a, a very, very good claim disclaimer for exponential. If you're going to have the exponential mindset, you know, we always, we always think of all we can do in one year, which is a long time, but we never, ever actually think about how consistently we could do something over 10 years. And Kennedy, that's been my own flaw in my own entrepreneur career is, as I told you, I've sold companies as quick as I've founded them you know, to, to be able to sell as many companies as I've had. And, you know, none of them were great, huge exits. You know, many were six figure, seven figure exits, one, eight figure. Um, but I always rolled all that money into the next one, you know, with the sole goal of just, you know, doing it bigger the next time, but honestly falling in the same decision-making set that I wanted to do it bigger, but I wanted to do it in less time, which I ended up starting to learn a formula to do that, but it never actually went exponential because, you know, I didn't give it the 10 years that it needed or 20 years that it actually needed to, to reach its full potential. Once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, which we've talked about quite a bit in this episode. We'll help you build a software team quickly and affordably. We talk a lot about quickly. I mean, that's like, honestly, that's why our business has grown so fast is quick and affordable access to offshore development teams, which you know, we're here in the U.S., we're battling against, uh, you know, we've talked a lot in this episode about having people, leadership, and these are resources. Um, and here in the U.S., there's 350,000 open IT jobs, and that creates a problem. So we knew we had a, had a problem to fix when it came to that. Now, you mentioned something about talking about, you know, 10 years down the road. Most entrepreneurs are, are trying to figure out tomorrow or yeah. today or yesterday or like the last three years. And, you know, so the 10 year plans is lofty. And, you know, some of that is, but here's the thing is if you can't, as an entrepreneur, if you can't sit back and truly dream about having built something much, much bigger than yourself, then you're really not aiming that big. Like why limit yourself? Like what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're not going to, it's not going to happen. Uh, one other thing I wanted to reply to, you mentioned earlier, you said you either, either learn 
or you win, but there is no fail. I actually disagree with that. I think you fail if you don't learn. So well, yeah. some people are definitely going to not learn from so many things. I, I, I try to, um, you know, it's, it's funny because in my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, I talk so much about all the dumb shit that I did in that business because I just didn't really know any better. I repeated some of it at full scale, like just creating the ball of rubber bands because, you know, uh, you know, you get growing so fast. It's easy to go, 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 go. And I'll be the first person to advise folks. I say, don't be the shopkeeper that never opens the door because you're too busy cleaning the store. Yeah. You know, so you're going to it's going to be messy sometimes. And if you're going to if you're going to sell everything on the shelf, it's going to look like the Tasmanian devil came through on Sundays. You do have to end up getting back to changing that. So, you know, another thing when it comes to exponential. So I spend so much time talking to software and tech people about what they're building. And I really do like kind of reveal the formula. They think that back to the steps you know, like adding a second layer onto your, onto your tech third or fourth, that is not twice as hard. It's not just another project. It really does become highly exponential. And that's why software and tech companies will, they'll tell you they're like the last 10% of the goal takes as long as the first 90%, which technically means you're only 50% of the way there, by the way, that's the real math people. You're not 10% away. If the last 10% takes as long as the first 90%, that's halfway there, but it's also where, where it becomes tricky. And there's, uh, you know, it's, it's treacherous territory. Now, one of the things that someone said to me that it's funny for those of you that quote me on social media, I did not make this quote up and I've seen it out there. Uh, what's easier climbing to the top yourself or asking those on top to pull you up. And, you know, like really for me, that's where I've really, well, that's first off why I enjoy the show. Um, you know, people ask me like eight, 800 episodes later, which I've been on about 600 of them, you know, like, why do you keep doing it? I'm like, cause I get to talk to people about interesting stuff. This is, you know, multiple times a week, I get to jar my own thought process. How, how important is it for entrepreneurs to continue to disrupt their own mind? Well, I, I think, you know, dis, disruption is a big part of my book because, you know, the, you're either going to be disrupted or you disrupt, you know, and candidly, it's much better to be in control of your life. Um, I often take this to people out there that are probably working in their job and they want to be entrepreneurs, probably a lot of your listeners. And, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, it, it's a crazy kind of thing is people will leave a job if they feel like they're eventually going to be replaced to, to have no job, but they won't stay in a job. So people will disrupt themselves because change is coming, but they won't disrupt themselves in a positive, like in a, that's a negative change. It's like, Hey, I know they're going to lay off or I know. So people leave their job and they don't even have another job. And you're like, well, why'd you do that? Because, well, I knew I was going to get laid off eventually. Well, you know, that's a negative. The positive is, is how do you disrupt yourself to like, really change your mindset to expand it to do something bigger. And that's where all companies, and I'm saying every single company on this planet is literally has to be in a mindset of disrupting themselves because whatever business they're in today, they won't be in 10 years. And I take in my book, I take you through every exponential company that we think of as Google, Apple, Amazon, you know, Facebook, uh, Microsoft, some of these companies are really the five biggest companies in the world. Now Um, those companies none of them are doing and making revenue in the same way they did 10 years ago, which is, you know, just telling you like companies like IBM and different ones that have kind of fallen off is they're constantly struggling to kind of keep up with that disruption to a small company to be more relevant to very startups 
is you have to pivot a lot to find that magic space like you did in one of your early ventures and and whatnot. But part of that failure topic, just to kind of come back to that, that, you know, is is to teach, you know, you have to learn from this. So um, part of getting a mindset where you're okay with failure and, and be creating exponential results is because the reality is no one's ever going to get it right, you know, the first time. And I've coached a lot of different startups and they create a pro forma and they like, is this a good pro forma? I'm like, well, the only thing that's good about it, the only thing I do know about it, that it's not right. And they always are like, well, what do you mean? Well, you're projecting this idea that, you know, something's going to happen. All I can say is for certain, it's kind of like your change quote, for certain it's wrong. So you just yep. have to build confidence that it's right. And that's really about the exponential mindset is building confidence. You know, can you think bigger and can you make everyone believe that you can actually do that? And I think that's where, when we look at some of these great exponential leaders, they actually make us believe, you know, you know, and, and honestly are very criticized more than anyone else. Like, you know, I Musk may be the one of the most criticized people, but candidly doing the most innovative things in 10, you know, literally like 10 different industries. I mean, he's, He's not holding back and saying, I'm doing this. He's just a leader, steps out of the way, gets the right team, you know, says, go make mistakes. Let's have them fast. How do we iterate and make this happen? You know, very driven, but candidly has hired the right people around him to, to obviously drive that. I don't give a lot of thought anymore to people that criticize me that don't do what I do that aren't like, I get myself in trouble too. Cause my wife just says I have a big mouth, but I feel that, you know, I just, I think part of why people listen to this show and, and maybe even pay attention to what I'm doing on Sundays and thank you. Cause you have an infinite number of things you can do besides pay attention to anything we're doing, but laying the truth out there, like, and, you know, I kind of got myself in hot water a couple of years ago because I was pretty vocal about the fact that I was literally on social media saying, I'm never going to, a, I'm not going to another fucking event where there is a panel of non-entrepreneurs trying to tell me how to be an entrepreneur. You do not have my <laughs> attention, you know? And, and it's funny because I got a huge, like I had people calling me. They're like, dude, I wanted to say that forever, but I can't. I'm like, why not? say it who cares i mean really in the end you got to not worry about if you're going to if you're going to do what you want to do there's going to hey haters going to hate you know well, it's I think the, the, bigger, the bigger yeah. you think it scares people that think small so they you know that's the point of this is candidly part of adopting exponential theory is to be criticized because you're going to do things that people don't believe you know are possible and they're going to be like, you're crazy. Well, candidly, the more crazy you make it sound and the more, you know, you're going to, the more you can actually stick consistently and people believe that you're going to change the world. And that's, you know, I think that's the opportunity uh, with exponential theory and, and really helping people's mindsets expand, which I take a second program of building a course called Exponential Mindset Beliefs and Attitudes that really has a step-by-step approach of how I've actually coached, you know, CEOs uh, at the global 100 level, as well as coached entrepreneurs to say, how do you take your company to the next level? And I think that's where um, the goal of exponential mindset, beliefs and attitudes is in every single word we say becomes part of the culture and especially as a CEO and leader. So you have to be very, very careful in who you say to what, and that's where we have such big problems with culture. And I, I used to, I built a cultural assessment tool back in 2000 um, after I, uh, 
and we went into Tyco and Yahoo and uh, Six Sigma Academy and Abbott Laboratories and all these companies. Um, this was right around Enron and WorldCom. And it was really telling, you know, that there are six, you know, basically six problems in companies that are all the same six problems in every company, even down to a small company. But in those six problems, what we do is the order of them is different. And candidly, a lot of it, almost all of it falls on the leadership to define some of these different things. And that's where, you know, companies that want to become exponential, there is clearly a way to coach the CEOs to actually, what are you actually sharing that are saying that you can do this or you're not able to do this? Because if you don't believe you can do this, it becomes very clear to everyone. And then all of a sudden you wonder why you have, you know, retention problems because people are like, I'm going to go find my big, the big thing I'm going to sell my life out for is going to be somewhere else, which, you know, you're literally giving your life to a company. Um, when we consider that we spend more time in our companies than we do with our friends or sleeping or anything, um, we should probably do something that we're passionate about and something that has purpose or meaning to us. And I think that's definitely what this new generation, what I do love uh, about working with younger people is they're all about that. You know, it's, you, there's nothing, there's no, the only predictable thing is like, find me something I believe in and I can sell my soul to, and they'll be all in on that. And unfortunately they've been let, they're starting to get let down, you know, by different companies or whatever, um, you know, demanding all these different things, but we're seeing more flexibility because if you want those passionate, purposeful people, you got to meet them where they are, not where you are. And that's been a whole shift, you know, to companies actually understanding the talent actually wins the war, not necessarily, you know, the idea, the idea will die if you don't have the right people and the right leadership involved because the rest of it will fall out, fall out of line. You know, people, people are amazed that so at full scale with the hundreds of employees, we have almost no churn. Like, I mean, it's like non-existent and it's, uh, you know, I mean, talking like five people in eight months, you know, and, but the reason is, is because we put a head, like a, you mentioned passion and purpose. So a couple of things and just to share. So uh, first off, it's very difficult. You talk about exponential uh, culture and dealing with that. So when uh, you provide service to 40 different, 50 to 40, 50 different tech companies, your people are becoming their, their team. And so it, the exponential nature of that is a challenge because you don't get the everyday look at that. Now, part of how we handled that is uh, we have the, you know, several years ago, um, I rolled out the whole idea that we needed to be client obsessed, like obsessed with our client's success. Like our purpose is to help our clients get to where they want to be. Now, that's actually not for the client's benefit. It's for our benefit. So we have a purpose-driven feeling about what we do. Now, this is prior to the pandemic, and the world is very remote now, but by nature, we were always remote. So, yeah. you know, we had to do something to, like, kind of, you know, separate and close that gap between so much of it. You know, another thing I wanted to – I have a couple notes here about bringing some stuff up. So – I mentioned my, my recent research about genius. I've actually been doing Zoom calls with rock stars, which has been a hell of a lot of fun because it's always nice to talk to your heroes and people that you enjoy. But one, one, someone that I've known for 15 years that's like literally like a world-class guitarist, Jake Seninger from the band Humphreys McGee, been, you know, playing in front of 10,000 people on, on a lot of nights and, you know, talking about like, how do you, okay. So if you ask this guy, if you say, how many guitar chords are there? 7,117. You're like, how many of them do you know? Well, 
now I know all of them. Uh, you know, and I actually know them backwards too. And, you know, so you say, well, how do you, if you already know all these things, how do you do something different? So when you talk to him about how he creates, he'll force himself to make mistakes because he wants to see what his natural reaction is afterward. And it's like literally like very mad sciencey in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, and you're looking at someone that's, so I'm 46 years old. He's, he's a barely younger than me. And, you know, there's a, there's a, a point at which it's easy for a lot of people to feel like they've made it. Now, one thing I've realized is that all the high achievers that keep doing genius stuff are never, ever satisfied with where they're at. And, you know, there's always more, there's always something, there's always this like undying need to, to do a little bit more. So I want to really encourage all of you, like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with thinking big. And, uh, you know, one other thing too, is you mentioned like projections. I was, uh, I, as I've gotten older, I'm slowly embracing the role, the professor type role. I wear glasses every day now. I can't, I can't read my phone without my glasses. That tells you what my life's come to on many days. <laughs> but I was advising, uh, uh, giving some advice to an entrepreneur half my age. And he was just like, oh, these projections. I was like, dude, they're wrong. He's like, what do you mean they're wrong? Where did I make a mistake? I'm like, no, they're always, they're never going to be right. And if you, and if you are right, like if those, any projections you're making end up being a hundred percent three years later, maybe you should just do that because you're yeah. the only one that has that crystal ball that works. So, you know, don't get too stuck on that, especially when you go to raise money. Like no one that writes checks is looking and going, you know, you want to be realistic. I mean, I, I don't believe that six months in, you're going to capture 40% market share in pretty any, pretty much anything. So that's a different story now. Well, Aaron, we, you know, these conversations always go so quickly and it's time to start preparing for the Founders Freestyle. Once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was brought to you by Full Scale. We help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And that's really the key thing. Quickly, easily. Uh, so much of what we do is trying to clear the air and the bandwidth for you to go build the company, not turn yourself into an HR recruiting, assessing um, company. And, you know, why not? take the straighter path to getting the folks that you need. So, you know, Aaron, I mentioned uh, my episodes. I'm not the only host of the show. So if you haven't listened before, we have more than one host. You can hear episodes with my business partner and Startup Hustle uh, co-founder, Matt Watson. He's got a new weekly show right here on this podcast. Also tune in with Lauren uh with Lauren Conaway, the founder of Innovate Her. She just got her 5,000th member, which is pretty cool. And then if you're interested in Amazon and e-commerce, Andrew Morgans is your guy. He's the CEO and founder of Marknology.com. Join Andrew for a weekly show. And all in, that's a lot of shows every week, five a week. Uh, and the wheel keeps on turning. I think we just, uh, based on the published date of this, we have just blown past our 800th episode and we're not looking back trying to figure out what we're going to do for episode 1000. So maybe we should freestyle that. But as promised, it's time for the Founders Freestyle. I mean, I, I really, it's a good opportunity to mention anything we may have missed or clarify anything. Or I've had people recite poetry. I've literally had people rap, sing, do all kinds of stuff. I'm not saying that's an expectation, but you, know, <laughs> you do what you do. It's your freestyle, bro. All right. Well, thank you. Um, well, exponential theory um, is is a theory, and I think theory is only as good as that you put it into practice. And I think to your your last point is is really like seeking mastery. And one of the things that um, I think 
as a younger person or younger entrepreneur is to know that it does take time to get that mastery level. Like when you're talking about guitar chords, forwards and backwards is because the passion was there and they, you know, he just continued to do that. The same with the craft of entrepreneurship or leadership or sales or marketing or any function within the, the greater enterprise, you know, is how do you come mastery? I do, and I think you definitely see these people in organizations when you see mastery, they stand out. And you see someone that seeks mastery, that they know that they're never there, that they're always wanting more. And I think that's what exponential is about. When you can surround yourself with people that want to be masterful in their craft, you've already won. Because one, you're going to enjoy every day. You're going to find things that are brilliant and genius about each of you, because we all have it in us. None of us, all of us are meant here to find some greater purpose. And arete, you know, as Aristotle said, is, you know, the purpose of life is to seek craft of excellence. And I think part of that is, you know, as you really kind of grow uh, as an individual, as a leader or whatever, the next stage is always going to be uncomfortable. The next, you know, for you, you know, breaking beyond your 250, you know, hiring a thousand in the next 18 months is going to be uncomfortable. And there's lots of learning opportunities, but that's you seeking mastery. How do I run this organization in the best way possible? And it's getting the people around you to actually seek that as well. So, Exponential theory is the start of that. Uh, exponential mindset, beliefs, and attitudes is a course that we've developed that we're enrolling. It's a it's a coaching program that leads to people that want to do mastery. And you know we're also we're actually enrolling other coaches into becoming exponential coaches because there's such an exponential nature to companies now that this component is often lost. When people you know have four or five percent gains every year, they think that's great. Well, the biggest opportunity is actually to think bigger. And then you'll just be amazed that when people start thinking bigger on behalf of your company of what they'll create, you know, stepping out of their way, giving them a purpose that's, you know, massively transformative and stepping out of the way. And, you know, that's part of what I do and help companies through workshops, consulting, um, you know, all kinds of different things, all the way to being on the you know board, board of directors of some companies, um, a large energy company and stuff. So all these different things, I think, lead back to that there is a a new skill set that people have to have in the future. And that's exponential. And that's what exponential theory is about is to think bigger. You'll become more conscious. You'll become, you'll actually create bigger results for you. And uh, candidly, if you stick with it with persistence, that's a guarantee. <laughs> and that's really what I'd want to end on is think exponential, go big. Yeah. And make sure to pick up Aaron's book is available where you buy books. So that's a good, there you go. Um, you know, a couple things, I want to end uh, my freestyle is going back to your comment about linear. So you mentioned just a moment ago, seeking mastery. I've been seeking genius and talking to people about it. It's just super fascinating. First off, one thing is, is it's never an accident. Like there's always, there is always a level of, of preparation, practice, obsession. And you'll find also a lot of these words, are you driven or are you obsessed? Are you a genius or are you crazy? In the end, who cares? You're in the business of uh, satisfying your own needs in these regards. The outside commentary is just distraction. Now, one thing I, when I started the, the seeking genius 
uh, pro, you know, really getting into it, I, I kind of, I wanted to learn, like, do people turn it on with a switch, like can you on or off? And then I realized there's no way it's a switch. And I started thinking it was a dial and you turn it up. And then it became very, very obvious quickly that those are both linear 2D kind of things. And we as people, as organizations, as entrepreneurs, and then when we get other people around us, it becomes more like a spiral that you're trying to walk up because there's a lot of depth, complexity, uh, altitude, like it is not, it is not a flat surface. So with that, you know, prepare yourself for that. Now in the journey up this spiral towards genius, there is a couple of things that tether you that universally are believed to hold you down. Now, uh, negativity and then being around other people that are negative or say you can't are really the two primary drivers. Now, it's easy to say, oh, I'm not a negative person. Okay, if you're not thinking big, you're being negative. You're actually telling yourself you, you have a subtle voice inside you that's like, oh, we can only do this much. Okay, that's actually negative. That is a, a limiting belief. So if you only believe that you can climb so high, then, and you know, there's a, being from Kansas, we will say a fat dog doesn't hunt. So, <laughs> you know, you, you get, you get lazy and, and settle for where you're at and what you do. And, you know, and I mean, honestly, Aaron, it'd be pretty easy for me to just go and play golf every day now and be like, cool, we have our clients, we have our employees, we're really profitable, blah, blah, blah. But really in the end is, as I've continued the, the, if you want to do genius things or you want to do big things, you don't settle ever, really. And you never settle for mediocrity. So I drive my staff crazy on certain days because they're, you know, like, why are you being so picky about this? Well, I'll give you an example. This, this show is one thing. So like the sound quality of it. And I told you even before we turned on, I was like, I just upgraded our sound equipment. I probably didn't need to do it, but I need it to sound good. Like I'm not going to settle for it sounding like shit. And if we can do a little bit better, why not? You know, we monetized the podcast a long time ago and we can afford it. Why are we doing it? You know, let's try to do better and better and better and better. And there's always something you can do that's better. And, I, I, you know, in conclusion, if I've only learned one thing from being an entrepreneur, it's that all businesses have problems. So uh, you're never going to get away from that. It's not unique. It's very common. And, you know, so just figure out what the most valuable one to solve is or continue to find people that that deal in the mastery of solving the problems that you can't. Once again, check out Aaron's book. There's a link to his site. Uh, Aaron, you do a lot of great stuff and I want to thank you for that. I appreciate you cataloging other people's and your own uh, exponential theories. I think that these are the kind of things you never know. Look, these theories are like seeds, people. So plant them in your own mind. Go do it now. See you next time, Aaron. All right. Thanks so much. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.